Good Monday morning and uh, hope you guys all had a good weekend. It sounded like from conversations uh, last night that missional community went well in Fowlerville and uh, things were things were good uh, at Creekside as well. And uh, so let's let's get into this week's uh, coaching podcast. Uh, let's see. Announcement or information stuff, I guess, just to be aware of. Uh, you know, there's there's obviously uh, Tuesday nights uh, down on tap in downtown Ypsilanti, um, and you know, I think probably just a, a continue offer of uh, any any questions or or things from uh, just kind of in light of the the annual meeting from a couple weekends ago. Make sure everybody's on the same page there. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to continue uh, checking out uh, Pushing the Limits of Band, seeing if that is something that we want to, uh, you know, that we want to embrace. I've heard from a couple of people. Uh, I know Todd and Bianca. Um, I think I've even heard this, I think I've heard this critique from Dave and, and Polly. So I think just about everybody uh, is uh, finding band a little bit hard uh, to uh, follow uh, some of the conversations and where they lead and that kind of thing. It's it's definitely noisy and a bit messy, um, and so that's something to think about. Something for us to consider. Uh, we may want to we may want to look at some other alternatives. Uh, I wonder uh, if some of the lines of like uh, Telegram plus website may be an option. Um, uh, I don't know. Telegram is fantastic for chats and discussions and also uh, it has a broadcast uh, ability, uh, a kind of a one-way a one-way communication that then feeds into a larger group discussion. So uh, those are, I don't know, that, that may be an option. So we, we just need to keep, we need to keep pushing on some of that stuff. If you have alternatives, ideas, Make sure that you communicate those uh, because we want to we want to figure out uh, the right the right thing. Um, we want to be able to build some online community and make sure that we're creating good good avenues of communication. Um, and you know the other alternative is we don't change anything. Uh, we we just keep going the way we are, and uh, you know and it's okay. It's okay for me to have multiple streams where I need to communicate, and that's that is not a not an end of the world kind of thing. So, um, let's see. As far as this week coming up, just so you guys know, today on Monday I will be meeting with uh, the heads of Presbytery, and I will make sure to talk to them about our name change and what uh, if there's anything that, that we need to do uh, within the denomination for that. Um, Friday and Saturday is Presbytery. I will be in Lebanon, Ohio. Uh, I will stay the night and uh, and be there. My friend Matt Grimm, who is on staff at Cornerstone, is uh, preaching Saturday morning and then uh, stands for his uh, ordination trial Saturday after that. So I want to be present with him and for him. Um, and I think I think those are kind of the big big things for this for this week. Uh, we are. Uh, continuing our first John conversations, and uh, so uh, you should all have access to the document. Um, 
with with everything uh, for for this week's conversation. We are looking at First John one five through two two, uh, and it it goes like this: "Is this is the message we have heard from him, and declare to you: God is light; in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth." But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sin, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Uh, Just personally, this passage is uh, the passage that I heard taught um, at uh, on Summer Project back in 1995, and it really was kind of the. the closing ceiling of the deal for me, I guess, to uh, to really follow follow hard after Jesus pretty intentionally. This was this was kind of the the, the passage. Um, so as far as uh, as far as a fallen condition focus for this passage, uh, I think I think really what we see here is at least in my opinion as I've as I've worked through this uh, is we have a kind of have an idea that. That we think we got this, right? We think we got this life. We think we've got everything figured out, and and it leads to an isolation, right? When um, when we think we have everything handled, uh, we we don't need anybody, and we don't think we need anybody. And, and when you don't think you need anybody, you isolate yourself from from folks, especially when things go hard, when things break. Uh, break the wrong way, and and we see this, right? I mean, we see this all the time, where we talk with people and we're like, "Hey, how you know what's what's going on with you? You know, how can I help? How, how I'm fine, I'm fine, I got it, I got it." And this this life we live is not meant to be uh, done in isolation. Remember that the goal of the gospel, the whole point of the gospel, is fellowship it is relationship with one another and with god the this is the goal of it it's not heaven right john john makes it clear in those opening verses that the end goal of the proclamation of the story of jesus is not it's it's not just salvation it's not just um you know eternal fire insurance it is it is fellowship and fellowship is that deep uh, the, the deeper purpose. Scott Peck, uh, the, the psychoanalyst, talks about what that that love that love is defined as, uh, you know, wanting to help somebody, uh, you know, basically grow in in their spiritual and emotional lives. That that true love is is helping another flourish as a human being. Um, and that's and that's kind of what John's getting at here is that that we need to be a people uh, who are who at the end of the day are are trying to help uh, 
one another flourish as as image bearers. That's that's what is going on with fellowship. That that's really what we're pursuing here. And so as we're as we're teaching these passages, we want to keep coming back to that reality. We we want to remind everybody that that this is coming back to fellowship and a deep connection with with one another, right? And so uh, that's that's kind of the Christ redemptive purpose is that Jesus shines light on our reality and draws us into fellowship. What what Jesus does, what, what what's happening here in this passage, is that uh, we are we are getting a very clear glimpse of our reality, and our reality is that we are imperfect, that we are not, that we do not have it all together, that there is a reality of of a sin nature in each of us, right? I mean, it's. You know, I know we don't like to use that that kind of language these days, um, but there is there is there is a reality uh, that we are that we are that we are a fallen, broken people. Now, you know, we can quibble over theological ideas uh, or concepts of original sin, that kind of thing. We we can we can argue about that. We can discuss that that concept. Um, but whether one holds to a position of original sin or one holds to a blank slate, the reality is it doesn't take long for that blank slate to become corrupted. Um, because we don't live in a vacuum. We live, we live in a society, in a culture, in a world uh, that is dominated by the powers. And, um, and, and so we are, we are, all of us, influenced by, uh, by the brokenness in, in our in our world, uh, and so, so I think as far as the message big idea goes, I might go with something like fellowship is the message of joy. You know, this is the this is the message. You know, this is what we want to communicate. Um, you know, is is that joyous living is rooted in fellowship because when we when we are moving into fellowship, we are moving from isolation. We are moving. You know, isolation occurs in the darkness. It occurs in the dark. Uh, but God is light. Fellowship occurs in light, and that is where joy exists. And we can, man, this just, this keeps coming back to that prodigal son story, right? Where, you know, inside the house, there is light, there is joy, there is party. Outside, where the older son li- it, it is existing, is darkness and isolation and so heaven, hell, that experience takes place right here, right now, and in, in the immediate. It's not, it's not something we're waiting to experience. We're not waiting to experience heaven. No, heaven, heaven is experienced now, and hell can be experienced now. Uh, and, and both, in a very real sense, are, are our own making. If we isolate ourselves um, in in kind of this, uh, you know, futility of mind, this idea that. Uh, this this delusion that that we have that we got it all figured out, uh, we we live in isolation. We we experience kind of hell on earth. Uh, but if we move into truth, if we move into the light, then then what we experience is fellowship and connection and relationship. We experience heaven, heaven on on earth. Um, so what we see, uh, 
what we see in this passage, just, just some, some things. Uh, we see John really beginning to interact uh, with his interlocutors, right? He's, he's interacting with, uh, with the false teachers. He, he, comes right, he comes right at them. And we see the three denials of the false teachers. Um, in, uh, in verse 6, uh, you have the first one. Uh, and that's, uh, that's the claim uh, or the denial that sin breaks fellowship with God and one another. Right? I mean, he's, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live in the truth. So, you know, um, your life, if you, are, if you are living in darkness and yet say, Ah, me and, me and God, we're, we're on, we're good. No, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. You can't, you can't live in darkness and yet claim to be in the light. I mean, that, that just doesn't... There, there is a fellowship. We're not walking, we're not walking with God in the darkness. <laughs> that's, that, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not where we roll. Um, and so that, so that's, that's the first one. And he counters that immediately, right? Uh, he says, "We lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin." And so there is this, you know, walking in the light. Is is the acknowledgement uh, that we are going to seek? We're going to seek to live live a life, the the kind of life that Jesus lives. We we want to live a life of uh, morality and righteousness and truth, uh, and it really ultimately rooted in love. This this is this is the idea here, right? Let me go back to that uh, that quote from uh, you know the, in the story from Jerome. Uh, you know, about how, you know, John in his later years said, you know, my dear little children love one another. And if we only do that, that is enough. That is living in the light. And, and so if we're not loving one another, then, then we are making, we're making God out to be a liar. We do not have fellowship with God or one another if we don't love one another. Uh, the second denial uh, is that sin exists in our nature, and that's in verse 8. It says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. So you have the, you know, you, here's the claim, but here's the truth. The claim is that uh, we, we just don't have any sin. Like, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing wrong with us. We are perfect. We got this. False. He says it's just it's just false. He says we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Um, Self deception regarding our state is is a is, is very real. And this is this is a very pertinent thing I think in our in our culture in our society today, where we're not very comfortable saying, you know, or looking at each other or looking at at someone and saying, yeah, you know what? There's there's sin in us. This is this is a real this is a real thing. Um, we do struggle with a sin nature. I mean, we see this, uh, you know, I know uh, Dave, Dave and I uh, both talk a lot of, uh, kind of engage a lot with the Enneagram. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's a significant, that's a significant part of what we see throughout the Enneagram is, is we see our, we see our brokenness. That's the shadow side of, of our personalities, right? I mean, we, we see the reality of, of sin, of, of moving towards you know, breaking bad. We all break bad in some ways, and that's that's sin in us. 
And we have to acknowledge that reality. Otherwise, we live in a state of deception. We live in a state of denial. But the good thing is, once we come to that point where we say, yeah, I'm not perfect, I don't have this all together, then we are able to move into light and we are able to move into fellowship and we are able to have, uh, to experience uh, that forgiveness. Um, and so, and, and we, are, we, are, we are purified in that. Um, so, then the third thing is that de- the denial that sin shows in our conduct. Um, you know, and it says, uh, verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Um, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. So there is this, it, it, it's, you know, this kind of goes back to, um, you know, this idea of, no, look at my life, it's perfect. I've never, I've never sinned. I don't need to ask for forgiveness. You're, you say that kind of thing, and, and his word is not in us. John's pulling no punches here. Anyone who claims they don't need forgiveness, anyone who claims that they don't, they, they, they don't have any sin in their life, the word is not in them. They, they, and they make, um, they make God out to be a liar. Because what God tells us is that, yeah, you're not perfect. You're, you're, there, is, there is some brokenness here. So uh, the, this passage is organized around, uh, around those, those three ideas, those three kind of backs and forths. Now it starts in verse 5 uh, with, with this declaration of the message, right? That God is light, in Him there is no darkness at all. So this, uh, this light and darkness kind of uh, imagery is gonna we're gonna find our, we're gonna find it throughout John, uh, throughout throughout this little epistle, and uh, and in the history of uh, of the scriptures, um, light and darkness are used uh, pretty pretty technically. Um, God God is light. It is uh, it is who He is, and so. Um, you know this this idea of, of light as a metaphor. Uh, you know we see it. You know we see it oftentimes in connection with um, with with the intellect and and with morality. So intellectually, light is truth, darkness is error or ignorance. Um, and then in morality, light is purity and darkness is evil. So so we get that we kind of get that two sides of two sides of the coin. Um, a lot of folks look at this kind of talk and speech just historically just so you're aware uh, that that may connect John back to uh, potentially some connection back to the to the Essenes uh, which was a sect in the in the first century uh, you know uh, in, in a little bit before right around the time of Jesus uh, a lot of folks think that John the Baptist was connected to the Essenes a lot of people think Jesus was connected to the Essenes uh, they're the ones that uh, you know that that wrote the um, the Dead Sea Scrolls and uh, and they light and darkness was was a big was a big metaphor for them, but we see it throughout throughout the scriptures. Um, on page seventy in uh, the Tyndale commentary that I'm that I'm kind of working through, uh, written by John Stott, he says of the statements about the essential being of God, none is more comprehensive than God is light. It is His nature to reveal Himself. 
as it is the property of light to shine, and the revelation is of perfect purity and unutterable majesty. I love that um, because this idea that God is light points to his self-revelation. It points to the very, the very nature of his being as, as one that is revelatory. That is, uh, he is, he is showing, he wants to show himself to the world. He wants to show himself in relationship uh, to, to those created in his image. And so uh, that, that's one bookend, is we get this identity of who God is, that he is, he is the revealing light, and he is the self-revealing light, and he is, he is making himself known. Um, and, as, and as he does, he draws us into, into fellowship. Um, then the other bookend, though, is, 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 uh, is verse 2, in chapter 2 where it says, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Um, and what, what this verse does is it universalizes uh, the, the message. It universalizes uh, the, the gospel. The gospel, uh, the, the atoning work of Christ is... Is not it's not limited to to just you know John and his John and his friends. Um, it is it, it is it's bigger than that. Um, Jesus atones for the sacrifice is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and the whole world. Now this this word atoning. Um, is also translated as propitiation, depending on on your translation that you're using. Uh, both bring the idea of applied forgiveness. <laughs> this this should challenge some of the way we think, right? Um, you know, we this is this is tough stuff. Um, this is a very difficult verse. Because uh, it challenges, uh, kind of, you know, a lot of our evangelical notion about the nature of Christ's death on the cross, and it and it definitely, uh, at least, demands a conversation about the inclusive gospel. Uh, it demands that conversation. Now, uh, you know, what we we have to put that in context with with broader. Uh, you know, with, with broader uh, scripture passages and different things that, that show that, that faith and things like that are, are important uh, pieces to this. Um, but but John, John definitely definitely makes this a, a big picture uh, big picture forgive, forgiveness here. Um, what is really interesting, it's also interesting is that Jesus, or God, that they're not the object of the atonement, but the subject of the atonement. And this is unique in religious history. Um, you know, typically, the atoning or propitiating in the pagan world is the sinner covering their own sins. So that God becomes the object, right? You, uh, you, you, you sacrifice something, you, 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 do, you do something to, in a sense, cover, cover, uh, yourself um, or cover you cover God uh, from seeing 
your your sin. He the the God is the object of of, of the atonement, um, but in the case of Christ, he's the subject. Uh, so he's he's the one doing it. He's he is he is covering over, um, and and that's that's a really interesting and unique thing. Um, and and what happens is uh, that in in this in this atoning work in this covering work he is reconciling and bringing back into relationship. That's why in verse one here in chapter two, right, it, it talks about how Jesus is the advocate. He's the advocate for us. He's he's standing in the gap, um, and is and is saying no, they're righteous. Um, they are righteous. And so we are able to have, uh, we are able to have uh, fellowship with, with God and with one another. Sin breaks fellowship. Sin is, the, sin is the destroyer of fellowship. The redeeming work, the, the atoning work of Christ is the restoration of fellowship. Um, and... And so then, faith is the means by which we experience uh, we experience this. And so, Christ's atonement or covering uh, re- restores it's, it is restorative. Um, so, so as we kind of try to sum up this stuff in maybe a sentence, uh, we need to recognize the reality of sin, and we need to embrace the forgiveness that is offered. By doing so, fellowship with God and one another is restored. Um, so that's, uh, that's the, that's the passage, uh, that's some of the background. That's, that's kind of, I guess what I'd say you might need to know to, to teach this. And so, you know, you can use, you know, obviously you use, you use the five questions, uh, but maybe some other questions, um, that we may, you know, that, that we may want to, that we may want to work through, or we may, we may want to talk about, um, is, you know, you may want to follow up with how does it, you know, with, with some feeling questions, right? Like in chapter two, verse one, like how does it feel uh, to know that we have an advocate, that that even when we blow it, even when we make mistakes, uh, that that there is um, there is that, that Jesus is there advocating for us, and he's and he's he's constantly he's constantly taking care of us. Um, we may want to do some follow-up conversations with, you know, or some follow-up questions about the three claims, the three denials uh, of the false teachers. You know, like where do we where do we see this in our own culture? How have you seen this? How have you experienced this? Do you do you um, do any of these three uh, denials? Uh, do, do they you know do, do you do you find yourself identifying with any of them? Where you're kind of like you know I, I kind of agree with that denial. Um, you know, those might be some good, some good questions. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think, I think as you go through, um, you're going to want to keep, you're going to want to keep this, uh, this idea of we got this, we've got it handled. Uh, and how that leads to isolation, and kind of keep keep asking questions to to come back to that. Um, so over the course of the next few days, uh, as I continue to process uh, this for my for my preaching on 
on Sunday. I will, I'll add a few questions, few more questions in here, some, some potential follow-up questions for you. Um, and, uh, you know, and then my encouragement to you as you're preparing and as you're thinking about leading this, this discussion, uh, is to try to imagine the room. This is, this is kind of the process I go through, I guess, is, is I'll try to imagine the room and try to imagine, uh, try to imagine what some of the, some of the folks in that room are going to say, how they're going to respond, what are going to be some of the things that they're going to see as I ask the, the five questions. Um, and, and try to, I try to almost imagine my conversation back to them, right? Uh, what are, what are some ways, uh, what are some questions that I can ask in light of their statements, in light of the things, uh, that, that come up? Um, so, so, you know, like I may ask questions about the nature of light, the nature of darkness, and, uh, you know, thinking through some of those, those kinds of things, um, you know, like, uh, how, you know, you know, darkness, darkness is the absence of light, that, that kind of stuff, right? Um, so, so try to imagine, uh, try to think through the conversation before, before you get to, before you get to Sunday and you're in the middle of it. Um, and, you know, and you can do that on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, uh, and just, and just kind of, just try to put yourself in the, in the middle of the conversation. So, uh, if you have, uh, I'd love to interact over the passage before, uh, so let's let's continue to talk. And uh, you know, you guys all know how to hit me up. You guys all know how to connect with me, uh, whether that is uh, you know, text message, Facebook Messenger, uh, Band, Telegram, whatever. But let's let's keep talking through. Let's talk through the passage together. And as always, if there's something more that I can do in these brief podcasts to help coach you. Uh, let me know. Let me know what will be helpful for you because I want to coach you well, and uh, and so I just I, I need I need input from you. I'm sharing with you uh, the stuff that I think is important uh, that that I will find helpful. Uh, but as we go through this, if there are things like, hey Dan, make sure you talk about this or that or or, or whatever, uh, let me know, uh, and I will make sure to to make that a part of of uh, of this coaching podcast. All right. Um, I think that's it. So we will, we'll talk soon. Thanks guys. And I uh, know that I'm praying for you as you are leading this week. And I really, really appreciate, uh, each of you and how you are leading our missional communities and, uh, shepherding, caring, uh, for the, for the people who are, who are in attendance. We'll talk soon.